Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Peter King Podcast. It's sort of a dead week Peter King Podcast, but... Only it's not a dead week. It's a very lively week because there's a lot going on. And I want to, we're going to get into the Jimmy Garoppolo decision by the San Francisco 49ers, which I think surprised everyone, even the trusted beat writers who cover the team. Uh, And so we're going to get into that at some length here at the top of the pod. But first, I want to set it to set this up. Uh, we got Matthew Barry, uh, the fantasy guru who recently uh, came to NBC Sports and uh, has an empire already at NBC Sports. He's got a lot of programming that I hope you check out before your fantasy drafts. And basically, this segment with Matthew Barry, I think, should be must listen before your fantasy draft because he's going to disabuse you of notions that you may already have about what you want to do in your draft. And he's also going to tell you about some players like Isaiah Likely of the Baltimore Ravens, the tight end in the late fourth round, who now all of a sudden has become an integral part of Baltimore's plans. But but I don't want to do too many spoilers. Just listen to Matthew Barry before you do your draft. You'll thank me later. So. Before we get into Matthew Barry, uh, let's talk just a little bit about what happened with Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, So on Monday of this week, we all were, uh, I think, we all were surprised, some probably shocked, that the 49ers reversed course all along. Uh, The popular wisdom was that the 49ers, even if they couldn't find a trading partner for Jimmy Garoppolo would uh, release him. And so therefore would not owe him the $24 million that uh, the salary cap demanded that they pay this year. And it really was one of the strangest stories of this season. For those who haven't followed it closely, when I went to Niners training camp, I walked into John Lynch's office uh, to have a conversation with him. And I said, hey, what's what's up with Garoppolo? What's uh, What does he do here every day? And he sort of motioned to a far practice field outside of the window in his office. And there was a lone solitary figure way out in back, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, working out, throwing the football to who, I don't know, uh, I'm sure practice squad type receivers, uh, and he's rehabbing a shoulder surgery that he had in the offseason. So Lynch at the time didn't know, but I got the very strong feeling that it was going to be either a trade or a release, probably a release. So I didn't think that much of it. But as the day went on, it got a little stranger because, you know, honestly, I heard two things that Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to any meetings inside the facility he does not have a playbook and that's another thing that i heard and he just barely has a hello relationship with the quarterback coach brian greasy it was just it's very odd 
that one of the highest paid players on your team is basically a non-person. But the reason this story got a little bit more interesting and why I led my column with it on August 15th is because of something that Kyle Shanahan told me about the heir to the quarterback job, Trey Lance. Because I had been kind of cautious about the rush to Trey Lance. Because as this is the most overused stat in my column since the spring. But in the four years since Trey Lance has graduated from high school, in the four football seasons, he's thrown 389 passes in games. And most of those were at a Division I AA school. So and we touch on that with Matthew Barry a little bit later, in fact. But, but anyway, be that as it may. And by the way, I recorded my segment with Barry before the 49ers news came down. So just understand we recorded that on Monday before uh, the uh, Jimmy Garoppolo re-signing with the 49ers uh, became known. But this is what Kyle Shanahan told me when I said to him, and I'm going to read this, is Trey Lance ready to take it all on his shoulders? Shanahan said. He shouldn't be. He hasn't gone through it enough. I believe in him as a man, as a person. I believe in his talent. I don't think he's going to make or break our season, just like in 2019 and last year. I didn't think Jimmy was going to make or break our season. Now, here's the key quote. But what sucks is when you're learning how to play and you're not there yet, how do you not get worse sometimes when that pressure's on you and you need to go through the growing pains, end quote. So when I left there that day and I had a conversation with Trey Lance, who, you know, said all the right things, he really didn't say too much. But, you know, when I left there that day, I said, you know, they're basically going to have to game plan around Trey Lance because I just got the feeling that day that Kyle Shanahan felt, I really like this guy, but I don't know if he's ready. And that is what I think led to what happened when the 49ers signed Garoppolo to a one-year $6.5 million guaranteed contract that does this for Jimmy Garoppolo. It gives him a place to play this year. There were no obvious landing spots for Jimmy Garoppolo anywhere in the NFL, not in Cleveland. There was just passive interest, not in Seattle where they seem committed to play Geno Smith, but there was some, nobody really wanted Jimmy Garoppolo. And in fact, I thought that Jimmy Garoppolo would be best served. Just sit until there's an injury. And it's, it's not like I'm wishing a quarterback injury on somebody, but just sit. And Garoppolo chose this option because, and I think he's right, without any guarantee to play anywhere else, Jimmy Garoppolo's best option is to sit right now in San Francisco, get back up to speed with this team, watch the first two or three weeks. Let's see how Trey Lance does. If Trey Lance keeps the job and plays very well, which is certainly possible, then Jimmy Garoppolo for one year just sits and gets ready for the game of quarterback musical chairs that starts again next March. He makes $6.5 million, and he probably, probably, but not certainly, will go somewhere as the starter in 2023. Place to keep an eye on, I think, is in Houston if Davis Mills doesn't play well this year for the Texans. But I happen to think Davis Mills is going to play well for the Texans. But let's get back to the two other factors. So why did the 49ers do this? It's two reasons. Has to be two reasons. Number one, they're not confident with the players behind uh, Trey Lance. Uh, you know, Nate Sudfeld and Brock Purdy, the rookie. And probably, probably, although I'm not sure, they can probably sneak Brock Purdy onto the practice squad at the final cuts and then keep Sudfeld as a number three. But 
it looks to me like this is some commentary on the fact that if Lance either can't do it or gets hurt, they're not really confident in Sudfeld's ability to play multiple games and to win multiple games for them. And number two, I think it's a commentary on their confidence in Trey Lance. They simply don't know what they have yet. And as Kyle Shanahan says, said to me in training camp, you know, what sucks is when you're learning how to play and you're not there yet. And that's why I think at the end of the day, the 49ers did this. I want to say one other thing that to me, look, I'm not sure that the 49ers misjudged this situation. And certainly the 49ers knew that by going back and signing Garoppolo, they look quite honestly, a little bit ill-prepared because he's not been in any meetings. He's not, I mean, he's not been coached by the quarterback coach. So in some ways, in some weird ways, it's almost like he's a new guy, a new kid on the block. When he walks into quarterback meetings starting today, uh, which is Tuesday as I record this, uh, August 30, when he walks into quarterback meetings, I just have a real question. It's going to be weird, weird chemistry because, you know, the one X factor in this, one X factor is what does this do to Trey Lance's psyche? He's a very confident kid. He's a humble kid, but he's confident. But now they basically have brought back a quarterback and Trey Lance, how does he avoid thinking this team really doesn't believe in me. This team is putting training wheels on me, you know, because they know that now they have a good insurance policy. So maybe they won't be as patient with me if I have a few struggles. So it's a complicated story, obviously. And it has a weird, weird outcome that no one thought was going to happen. I mean, just remember, Six months ago, after the season ended, Jimmy Garoppolo had an emotional press conference in which he thanked the 49ers, thanked the 49ers fans, and said, I love you guys, to the Niners fans. And he walked off into the sunset. He has not spoken since that afternoon. So now the genie has to be put back in the bottle and look, from the, for the 49ers standpoint, after the awkwardness of this goes away, the one thing, the one thing that I would worry about is what you were saying to Trey Lance by bringing Jimmy Garoppolo back. It's impossible for me to believe that he can't think uh, this team really has some doubts about me. And we'll see how all the mental parts of it go. Uh, but that is, without any question, one of the fascinating stories of 2022 as we head into this NFL season. So I want to get into Matthew Barry right now. And Matthew Barry, uh, obviously, we, we're going to talk about everything, but I really wanted to get to the bottom of, like, what is he doing here? <laughs> What's he doing at NBC? You talk about cornerstone people at ESPN. I mean, I think of a couple of years ago, I probably would have thought of Schefter, Mortensen, Barry, quite honestly. And, uh, but they made a different decision. Barry made a different decision. And I'll tell you, we're delighted to have him on board at NBC because, as you know, there's something like 42, I don't know if you know this, but there's something like 42 million people in the United States who sometime in the next week or so are going to be walking in or going virtually into their fantasy football drafts. This is the content that you've got to listen to, plus all of Barry's other content uh, at NBCSports.com and at the NFL on NBC uh, Sports YouTube page that you can find everything, every tip that Matthew Barry has for you and your fantasy draft. Here is my conversation with Matthew Barry. 
Feel the pulse of the city. Feel the beat of the drum. Feel the bass blow your hair. In Las Vegas, live music delivers much more than sound. It's where music comes alive. With artists like Megan Thee Stallion, Maroon 5, Carrie Underwood, Shania Twain, Babyface, Lionel Richie, and many more. Every show is a playground for your senses. See the full summer lineup at visitlasvegas.com. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Hulu is coming in hot this month with new shows, new movies, and all new seasons of your faves. Don't miss FX's Clipped, the story of one NBA team's racial reckoning, starring Lawrence Fishburne. Stream a new season of Shorzy, the underdog hockey comedy that might just knock your teeth out. Then catch the high-speed drama Ferrari, starring Adam Driver and Penelope Cruz. Kick your streaming into high gear this month with so much new stuff to watch on Hulu. So, Matthew Barry, it's really a pleasure to have you at NBC Sports. Uh, I think that most of the sporting world probably said, how exactly did this happen? I mean, isn't ESPN nirvana? And and I, so I just wanted to start off by saying, how did we get you? What happened? How are you? How are you in the family now? Well, I'm thrilled to be here. And I mean, Peter, you and I had a conversation. You and I have been friends for a long time. And I remember talking to you and I said, you know, I have been talking to some people. What do you what do you think about NBC? And you said you will love it here. They will uh, they will not let you fail. They will put you in a position to succeed. And uh, the, the all the comments you made about some of the the people, the personnel, the, the culture at NBC were echoed by a lot of people, including some former ESPNers that are now here that I had reached out to and talked to. So um, look, it, you know, it happened in the sense that, uh, you know, there were two things that were really important to me um, in terms of talk about the money, you know, in terms of, you know, um, uh, talking with everyone. And, uh, you know, um, which was, I wanted to be part of NFL coverage and I wanted to be able to continue to do sort of my side businesses that I'd started. I was in a seven year contract with ESPN and in my previous contract, which was negotiated by a previous regime uh, there at ESPN, uh, I had carve-outs to start my fantasy life business, my you know fantasylife.com, fantasy life app, the fantasy life newsletter, a lot of different tools, all 100% free. I'll throw in a plug. They're all 100% free, um, and they help fantasy players win. So whether it's fantasylife.com or fantasylifeapp.com, Check them out. And so I really, these are business, these are now growing businesses. Like they all have, they have full-time employees, they have CEOs, they've raised money um, from, you know, venture capital and other investors. And so it was important for me to be able to continue to stay with it. And then ESPN offered me a new contract, a, a three-year extension with a raise. Um, and, uh, but they basically said, we want you to keep doing exactly what you're doing. And exactly what I was doing was not being a part of ESPN's NFL coverage. And they wanted me to focus just on ESPN. They didn't want me to continue to have these, you know, these side businesses. So in order to continue with ESPN, I would have had to, um, and again, they offered me a raise and I'd been there 15 years and I helped build, you know, the place, the place being ESPN Fantasy. Um, I put a lot of blood, sweat and tears there. Loved a lot of people there. Uh, still love, I shouldn't use past tense. Still love a lot of the people there. Loved my day to day and working. But at the end of the day, what I realized was what I wanted to do was I wanted to be happy and the things that make me happiest that at this stage of my career, I really wanted to challenge and I wanted some different things. Um, and so it was important to me to be a part of NFL coverage and to be able to continue to have an entrepreneurial um, side to me. And ESPN did not want those things to happen. And that just wasn't in the cards for me at ESPN. I'll just leave it at that. And, uh, but at NBC, it was. And in a lot of places it was, to be candid, a lot of, you know, I, I got a lot of nice offers, which was very nice. But for me, when NBC said, 
we will put you on football night in America. We will, uh, we will let you, not only will we let you keep your side businesses, we will help promote them. You know, they mentioned how Chris Collinsworth owns Pro Football Focus, and they, they pointed to that as an example of working with a talent that was important to them and, you know, allowing that talent to have a, a side business that was important to that talent, the way PFF obviously is to Chris. And, um, you know, so, so from that, along with everything that I heard from, again, like people like you and from some of my friends that used to work at ESPN and now worked at NBC, hearing about the culture, um, there are a few people that work at NBC that I knew from previous stops, you know, I'm returning home, Roto World, I started my career at Roto World, Rick Cordella, uh, the great Rick Cordella from uh, Peacock, him and I started at Roto World at the, the very first same week, like in, uh, in late 1999. So, I mean, I've known Rick Cordella for over 20 years, you know, and so, um, uh, so just a lot of things just, it just made total sense for me. And I've, uh, and I'd say this with no disrespect to anyone else, but professionally, I've never been happier than I am right now. Fantastic. So good to hear. Um, I want to get into some granular things about yeah. this fantasy football season. And I want to start by, I want to run five things. Let's do a quick lightning round to start because I'm going to run five things that when I went on my training camp tour, I came off it and I felt very strong feelings okay. about five specific things. Sure. I'm just going to throw them out to you and I want you to tell me yes, no, maybe unsure. Okay, number one, probably the player I was most excited about uh, was a receiver for Minnesota named KJ Osborne. And the reason is I think everybody views Minnesota as kind of a receiver pecking order. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, then, you know, maybe Irv Smith, the tight end and, and, uh, and, and Osborne. I think Osborne to me is right here with Adam Thielen. And because Thielen has been getting hurt a little bit. I'm a little bit raising up knowing that the head coach, they could throw 700 times. Knowing that the head coach is really going to throw it a lot, I think Osborne could be a star. I'm on board with that because I'm, I've been very bullish on the entire Vikings offense this year. I think they take a big step up here. I've mentioned how Kirk Cousins is one of only six quarterbacks in the NFL to throw over 30 touchdown passes each of the last two years. And he did it last year, last year when Minnesota was bottom 14 in pass rate. Mike Zimmer's a head coach, more defensive-minded, more conservative. KOC comes in. I agree with you. They're going to throw it a lot. That is a sneaky offense that I think really takes the next step this year. Love Cousins. Obviously, I have Jefferson at wide receiver, too. I think people are sleeping on Thielen. I like the call on K.J. Osborne. Reborn player of the year, Juju Smith-Schuster, Kansas City. 100% on board. Over 300 targets are available in that Kansas City offense with Tyree Kill, Byron Pringle, Demarcus Robinson, Daryl Williams, all moving on. Over 300 targets from Patrick Mahomes. And I know they added some pieces. MVS, they drafted Sky Moore. They've got some more players in the backfield. I get it. But Juju Smith-Schuster, never underestimate what it means getting a quarterback upgrade for a wide receiver. We saw the most extreme example of it last year with Cooper Cup who went from Jared Goff to Matthew Stafford and had, you know, one of the greatest seasons in NFL history for a wide receiver. That was the most extreme example. And so Pat, uh, Judy Smith-Schuster going from last year, Ben Roethlisberger, the last two years, Ben Roethlisberger, who was past his prime to be kind to Patrick Mahomes. I, I, I'm all in on Juju as well. Yeah. I think he has a monster season here. People forget he is still only 25 years old and how good he was his first two years in the league. Matthew, there's one other thing when you discuss all those things. So the day I was at practice, and I wrote about this in my column, I expected to see Juju plugged into the slot, because that's what he played 78% of the time his last two years in Pittsburgh. I would say he was in the slot one-third of the time. Yeah. He was all over the formation. And the two things I came away from there thinking is that Juju Smith-Schuster could look a lot like uh, uh, Travis Kelsey in this offense. 
because Kelsey's all over the place. Yeah. And the other thing I thought leaving that place is that Sky Moore is going to be a really odd but very effective weapon if he stays healthy because I'm not saying he's going to be Debo Samuel, but I am saying he's definitely going to line up in the back. I think he's going to line up all over the place. So Kansas city really interests me. Can I, Matthew, this is one interesting thing. Okay. So I'm doing something in my column, you know, either this week, this coming week or next week about Patrick Mahomes and whoop. Okay. Whoop is this fitness device that you wear on your wrist. And it judges, um, you know, your heart uh, heart rate. It judges everything. It's an amazing device. I, I use it. And not to the same level as Patrick Mahomes. But the interesting thing is, this year, Patrick Mahomes in training camp, his sleep was down over all of last year and last year in training camp. Huh. And the reason it was down and I talked to him in training camp, he's got four new receivers to get ready to go opening day. Right. They got two games in the first five days of the season. They got the Thursday night game against the Chargers. They got two huge games. Yeah. And so he is working. He's he's a coach. So he's, I, I look, I think Kansas City is going to be really good again. I don't know how far they'll go, but anyway, I think they'll be good. Okay. My third thing. I often look now when I look at second round receivers, it's different than it was even five, seven, eight years ago. Second round receivers are playing and they're going to play right now. And the one guy out of all the guys picked in the second round, and I know there's a lot of good ones, I really kind of fell in like with Alec Pierce of the Indianapolis Colts. And I want to know, what do you think of him? What do you hear about him? Uh, Loved his college tape. Thought the Colts got a steal with him. You know, the question about Alec Pierce isn't talent, but there's two questions. Number one is Paris Campbell. Because uh, in the preseason so far, Paris Campbell has, seems to be running more with it when they go just too wide. Yeah. And here, when they go three wide, it's Paris Campbell, it's Alec Pearson, of course, Michael Pittman. So you know Pittman's always going to be there. So the question is, when they go too wide, is it is it Pierce or is it Paris Campbell, who's tried trouble staying healthy? But Campbell's really talented. The second thing is, is does this offense, is this off for fantasy? We know Michael Pittman's the number one, and we know he's going to get his. But is this offense going to be fantasy friendly enough, pass heavy enough to support two fantasy relevant wide receivers? Because we know what we know that they want to run the ball. I've heard Frank Reich talk about like nah, Taylor can't run as much as he did last year. But we still expect Jonathan Taylor to be one of the bell cows of the NFL. You know, you're hearing Mo Alley Cox. I'm obsessed with Mo Alley Cox trying to make him a thing. Um, feels like this might be finally his year. And we keep hearing, you know, Frank Reich said, I don't play fantasy, but if I did, boy, I'd draft Naheem Hines. So we expect Naheem Hines to be used more in the passing game, even when Taylor is in the backfield. So from a dynasty fantasy football perspective, absolutely love Alec Pierce. And don't discount the, the idea that Pierce could emerge. I'm just not ready. So I think I'm, I would say maybe, yes on the talent, not sure yet on the role. But, you know, I, I hear you. Um, uh, about uh, about Pierce because I a lot of people smarter than me I know also love his tape so um, there's no question about the talent it's just about the opportunity for me. Speaking of the Colts, um, after having been there and I heard what Frank Reich said, I also had a two-hour lunch with Frank Reich. Okay. And I came away from there saying, thinking, you cannot take anybody else if you've got the first pick in the draft other than Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Who would you take if you had the first pick in a fantasy draft? I have Jonathan Taylor at one. If you if you took jo- if you took Christian McCaffrey at one, if you took Cooper Cup, I'm not looking at you weird, but I have Jonathan Taylor at one. I think he has the the close to the upside of Christian McCaffrey without the risk. I mean, I would never take McCaffrey one. 
I just can't, I, I can't do it. Just, I'm not saying that he's, that he's breaking down, but it's like, if you're, if you're in a pool for who's going to lead the NFL in sacks, I'm probably not taking Khalil Mack near the top, even though I think he could really be great. He's 31 years old and, right. you know, coming off missing 10 games with a foot injury. And look, I'm not saying that that's going to happen to McCaffrey, but man, I think he's risky. I don't think Jonathan Taylor is anywhere near as risky. Here's the last thing. Derek Carr is a top five fantasy quarterback. What do you think of that? Can't get on board with that. Can't get on board with that. I Look, I get the argument. I'll make the argument for you, and then I'll just tell you why I don't think it happens. But the argument for you is that uh, here's a guy that was a top 12, borderline top 10 fantasy quarterback last year, and that was with without – Devontae Adams, one of them not the best wide receiver in football, and without Josh McDaniels. You think about what Derek Carr went through last year, the Gruden mess, right? Henry Ruggs, like all this all this in, uh, missing Darren Waller for basically the second half of the year. Derek Carr, both on the field and off the field, went through you know, things that most NFL quarterbacks never have to deal with, and he went through them multiple times, and yet he's still – led his team to the playoffs, still had a monster season. So now more stability in the franchise. Again, uh, an offensive play caller uh, that's really creative in Josh McDaniels. The addition of one of, if not the best wide receiver in football, plus returning talent like Hunter Renfro, like Darren Waller. There's a lot to like about Derek Carr. So that's the argument there. Plus he's playing in the best division in football. Like you're not, you're not getting out of the AFC West 13-10. Like you're not grinding those kind yeah. of games out, right? That's right. That's right. right. You're not. You're not going against Justin Herbert and. and uh, so I'm Martin dying Buffalo. to know now why you don't think he's a top five guy. Because he doesn't run. Because he doesn't run it is the simple is the simple reason that he, he doesn't run, and it is very very hard to be a top five fantasy quarterback uh, if you don't run. You think about the elite of the elite. It's Josh Allen. It's Lamar Jackson. It's Kyler Murray. It's Patrick Mahomes who will get you a couple hundred yards, right? I mean, Aaron Rodgers get, got, had seven rushing touchdowns last year. The only way you get into the top five as a non-mobile quarterback, by non-mobile, I mean somebody that doesn't get, you know, fantasy points for the legs. I mean, Justin Herbert will get you, you know, is, you know, mobile as well, right? Not to the extent of Josh Allen or Kyler Murray, but, you know, Herbert, Mahomes, those guys get you points for their legs. The way you get there is with just massive passing touchdown upside. You got to be Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. You got to pass, you know, you got to have north of 40 touchdowns and, you know, in the neighborhood of 5,000 yards. And I just don't, that's a big, big task for Derek Carr to get to. When you think about, when you think about, you just told me you think Mahomes is going to have a huge year. Yeah. I'm all in on Justin Herbert this year. Justin Herbert's going to have a huge year. He's going to have a huge year. Josh Allen. We think Josh Allen is going to be awesome. He's going to have a huge year. Yeah. You got Lamar Jackson playing for a contract. He wants the best contract in football, and I get it, right? Like, I think Lamar Jackson has a monster year. You got Brady and Rodgers coming back, okay? Um, uh, you got Kyler Murray, who wants to prove his big deal, and Kyler should have a pretty big year. Again, it's a long list, and in fact, now you, I didn't even mention Joe Burrow, right? And, you know, who's got as, probably as good a wide receiver core as anyone in the NFL, and we talked earlier in the show about Kirk Cousins. Yeah. I, think, I think I have Kirk Cousins ranked ahead of Derek Carr because I, again, over 4,000 yards passing six of the last seven years, 30 touchdown passes each of the last two. Here's the list of six quarterbacks that have thrown 30 touchdown passes each of the last two years. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Kirk Cousins. Like, you know, one of these things is not like the other. One of these things. Yeah, I know. Block. I get it. Like Cousins never gets mentioned with those five guys. And I get it. I understand it. But numbers are numbers. And now he gets KOC and he's got Jefferson and Thielen and an emerging KJ Osborne. So um, I understand. I, the I just. The car. I like him. I disagree. I just think this, that if. I think Derek Carr is going to throw for 5,000 yards and 35 touchdowns. I would bet. This is just a bet. Okay. that there will not be, if he does that, there won't be more than four others who do that. And you're right. That doesn't mean that it, because he doesn't run, 
if Mahomes does it and also runs for 530 yards, right. which may be a little bit heavy, but I, I, I get it. I get it. If Patrick, Mahomes think... runs for, if Patrick Mahomes runs for 350 yards and call yeah. it three touched, three rushing touchdowns, that yeah. makes a difference. Yeah. But okay, we, listen. We, here, we, there's two other guys. We didn't even get to Trey Lance. I mean, Trey Lance could have a monster fantasy season. It could be an okay NFL season. But because of his rushing, Trey Lance could have a monster fantasy season. And I see a Seattle Seahawks helmet behind you there, Peter. We didn't even <laughs> talk about Russell Wilson yeah. in the thin air of mile high. Russell yeah. Wilson finally allowed to he's got a He's got a very good receiving core. But I'll say this. I, and again, I have great respect for Trey Lance and all that. But Matthew, there's going to be some growing pains in San Francisco. Like a lot of them. My favorite stat of the preseason is that in the four years since Trey Lance graduated from a mid-level high school in the state of Minnesota, yep. in the four years since, he has thrown 389 passes in games. It's just, and, and he threw the vast majority of those at a Division One AA school. And I'm not, I'm not trying to set this guy up for failure. What I'm trying to do is to tell everybody, hey, listen, I think Kyle Shanahan is going to manage and have guardrails on Trey Lance to make sure he succeeds. But we'll see. Hey, I want to just give you an opportunity now because people who listen to this will want to know, look, I need, I need three people right now who I I must prioritize in my draft who probably are listed as maybe lower picks and Matthew Barry might like them two or three rounds higher. A Ramondre Stevenson, a, a Chase Edmonds. Well, even though both those guys are wouldn't be three rounds lower but because they're running backs. But can you take one guy at... Running back, one guy at wide receiver, and one quarterback who you like more than the masses do. Uh, sure. Uh, I mean, I can I can do that for uh, for all the positions. Um, I'll say, uh, let's see, at running back, um, somebody that I think is going um, way too late uh, is uh, I'll give you one. Hey, how about Daryl Henderson? Yeah. Daryl, I mean, I, I. By the way, I'm Team Ramondre. I have Ramondre Stevenson ranked ahead of Damian Harris. Damian Harris is being drafted ahead of Ramondre Stevenson. I think I think Ramondre Stevenson has a special season. So I'll just leave it at that. But you think about Daryl Henderson, who through the first eight weeks of last year was a top ten fantasy running back on a points per game basis. Like, and now he's just being left for dead um, and being drafted outside the top forty among running backs on Yahoo. That and is nuts. That's nuts. Cam Akers doesn't, we're not sure that Cam Akers starts the year with the Rams. And I think at best, I think this, by the way, I think we're way over, over drafting Cam Akers. I think he's being drafted way too high, but I think at best you're talking about a running back by committee where Henderson and Akers both get run. I think McVay wants to use multiple running backs because he's had to deal with injuries over the last couple of years. And at, and so at worst, He's got half of the running back share of one of the best, you know, duos in uh, one of the best run games in the NFL. And at best, Akers is slow to come back from injury. Henderson gets the gig. He runs with it, no pun intended. And McVeigh's like, as long as you're healthy, you're going to be the guy. And we'll sprinkle in Akers. The way that that's what happened, you know, last year um, when Akers went down, Henderson proved he could be an every down guy until he got banged up. So I would, I would say, um, I would say him at uh, at running back. Is Not only back. that, but just think about it. And you talked about what he was, uh, you know, in the first 10 weeks. I mean, here's a guy who averaged 4.6 a carry. And he did not run behind the best run blocking line. So I, I totally agree with you. I think that's a great pick. Thank you very much. So, I mean, a wide receiver, I could do like a million. Can I give you? So that was the give 100% to Paul. So the can I can I give you a um sorry that was my uh my computer absolutely going to uh um I will give you uh I'll give you like a couple other um 
I mean, listen, I'm, I believe the Damian Pierce hype. I'm in on that. Um, I, I actually, here, I'll give you another one. Speaking again, speaking of injuries, like, I don't understand why Rashad Penny's going so low. I think when he was originally slotted in, it's because, uh, because people thought, well, Chris Carson's going to be there and Ken Walker and look at, you know, Geno Smith, the quarterback, how good is this offense going to be? Rashad Penny was a top five fantasy running back over the last five, six games of the year. Just an absolute beast. He needs to stay healthy, of course, but Ken Walker's banged up, so he's missing valuable preseason time in terms of pass pro and just learning the playbook. Obviously, Chris Carson isn't there. They've got Travis Homer and DJ Dallas, but those guys are complimentary players. I believe Rashad, this is going to be Rashad Penny's job until it's not, and that's somebody who's going very, very late uh, yeah. as well. So those are guys. In terms of wide receivers, I mean, how deep do you want to go? Like, I um, – I mean, I, listen, I, you know, I'll, I'll give you – how about if I – well, I mean, I'm all in on Gabriel Davis, right? I mean, I, I'm all in Good on – for you. I absolutely love Gabriel Davis. Um, you know, I'm a big Rashad Bateman guy this year. I love Allen, – Allen Robinson's going outside the top 20. I think he's a top 15 play. Uh, uh, you know, I'm uh, Chris Godwin. People are leaving Chris Godwin for dead. You know, we already talked about Juju. I love, I love Juju Smith-Schuster, but Chris Godwin – Chris Godwin's going like wide receiver 33. He's going outside the top 30. That's a huge Chris mistake. Godwin. Like he's yeah. a top 10 fantasy wide receiver. Even if he misses a game or two, even if he's slightly slow, he's Chris Godwin coming back to play with Tom Brady with honestly more targets available. And, and yeah. so, you know, that's one that doesn't make a, a, a ton of sense to me as well. And I'll give you two, I'll give you a couple other uh, deep sleepers. I think you'll, uh, like, uh, listen, I love Jalen Tolbert um, yeah. uh, in, in Dallas. I think he's going to have a big year there. I think um, uh, I, I can tell you that Josh Palmer, we talked about the Chargers. We like that offense quite a yeah. bit. Um, I think both George Pickens and Chase Claypool coming out of the slot. Claypool being out of the slot this year is just going to be a, a major mismatch there. And I, people are always like, well, yeah, but Trubisky. Trubisky's an upgrade. People forget. Trubisky is an upgrade over what Big Ben was last year. <laughs> the Steelers will have a better offense. Ben Roethlisberger is going to put a contract out on you. <laughs> well, if Ben Roethlisberger does put a contract out on me, that means he didn't watch football last year. Because, I mean, like, listen, Big Ben is a, hall, a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's yeah. a first ballot Hall of Famer. He was not a good quarterback last year. Yeah, yeah. He was not a good NFL quarterback last year. Um, and then I'll give you, uh, I think, Christian Kirk. Is somebody that's gonna. I, I love Trevor Lawrence this year. That's a, there's a quarterback that I'll give you that we haven't mentioned who's going Good, in the yeah. mid to late rounds. They have a they have a they have a top ten easy schedule. They're going to be throwing a ton under Doug Peterson, a former NFL quarterback, former Andy Reid disciple, former Super Bowl winning coach. They're going to throw a ton. Christian Kirk's going to get a zillion targets. So I really like Christian Kirk, who's sort of being forgotten. But how about two names? I'm going to give you two names, Peter, that I know you'll like: Romeo Dobbs and Wondell Robinson. Yes, baby. Yes, I love both of them. I know you do. The reason yeah. I have those names is because Peter King was on the Roto World Draft Guide show, and we said, <laughs> Peter, you went to your training camp tour. Give us some sleepers. And you said to me, you talked about Romeo Dobbs. I'll let you talk about it here. And the last thing you said at your end of your segment is, like, just do me a favor with your last pick. Make sure you draft Wondell Robinson and thank <laughs> me later. That's a quote oh, from Peter yeah. King. Yeah. Hey, look, Dobbs, here's the interesting part about him. So, Matthew, he got dogged out of college because people thought that he was slow and people thought he kind of spit the bit at the scouting combine. And so he goes to Green Bay and and LaFleur told me that, uh, you know, he's in here by 545 in the morning. Wow. He he is dying to learn everything about the offense. So when he gets out on the field, he's going to be where Aaron Rodgers wants him to be. I, and I, I saw that I wrote this today in my car or this week in my column that I saw him referred to somewhere. And I forget where as a super sleeper, I said, well, you're, you're nuts, a super sleeper. I mean, if you want to pick them low, go ahead. But by the end of the year, he'll be a top 25 wide receiver in the NFL. I would be shocked if he isn't. Now, before we go, I'm just going to ask you one about one other guy. So 
in my calls, in my visits, everything, I there's there's somebody who it is doesn't make logical sense to pick high in a fantasy draft, and I get it. But I think if Isaiah Likely is on the board when you pick in the last round of your draft, even though you'd be taking definitely a second wide receiver just or a second tight end in Baltimore because of Mark Andrews. Just remember one thing. The offensive coordinator and play caller is Greg Roman, who is a conservative play caller. It's one of the reasons that Marquise Brown isn't there anymore. He didn't want to really take the handcuffs off the offense. He, and so he wanted to be a little safer. I think you're going to see more two tight end formations in Baltimore than on any team in the league. And Isaiah likely in essence is going to be like somebody's third receiver. That's what I think. I, by the way, completely agree with you on Isaiah likely. Think about this. Marquise Brown leaves. He goes to Arizona. They don't really do anything in free agency or the draft to add anyone, a real note. You know, I mean, we'll, we'll see if Demarcus Robinson is, does anything, but really, yep. I mean, the truth of the matter is, is that their pecking order is Mark Andrews, Rashad Bateman, and then probably Isaiah Likely. There are 148 targets that Marquise Brown that are available from last year that are no longer there, 148 targets. Now, the Ravens were much more pass-heavy last year than I think they want to be. But right. to your point, this is a team that wants to run 12 as much as they can. They want to do two tight end sets quite a bit because they are so run-heavy. And because when they're in the two tight end sets, if you're a defense, you're like, well, what are they doing? Are they running? Is this going to be a sweep with Lamar? Is Are they going up the gut with, with Dobbins or Gus Edwards when he comes back? Mike Davis, what are they doing? Oh, no, they're going to play action, and now you've got to deal with Andrews and Likely and Bateman. So I'm really high on Bateman, again, because of the same target share, and I know they really like yeah, Bateman. Yeah. But uh, I agree with you on Isaiah Likely. Um, I'm in a dynasty league, uh, which is one of those leagues where you, you, you know, you keep, it's a 12, it's a, it's a super deep league where it's 12 teams, 33 man rosters. And we do the rookie draft. And so you keep every player, you keep all 33 players year after year, after year, after year. And so you do the rookie draft before the NFL draft. So you have to draft rookies without knowing where they've landed. This is the rules of this league. So that when I, Peter, when I tell you, there's no one available, there's no one available. Um, but this year, there actually was. So we do the draft before the NFL draft, and then frozen's, rosters are frozen until like this past week. And so this year, there were a couple of guys that popped that actually weren't drafted. Isaiah Pacheco, yeah. Romeo Dobbs, and Isaiah Likely. Pacheco, of course, the, the seventh-round rookie out of Rutgers in Kansas City. He's part of the running back mix there. We talked about Dobbs uh, in Green Bay and, of course, now Likely. My league gives a point per a point and a half per reception for tight ends. So it's a tight end, it's what's called the tight end premium league. And you're given a budget for free agents. You're given a thousand dollars that you're supposed to use over the entire course of the year. Peter, I spent every single dollar I had to get Isaiah Likely. This is a week ago. Good for you. I feel the same way you did. Yeah. So I'm like, this kid's real, everyone's like, ah. He's going to be behind Andrews. Andrews is young. And like, I don't think you understand. I, 100%. They're going to run two tight end sets. He's going to be not, the number three wide receiver on one of the better offenses in the NFL in a league with tight end where you get fantasy points for tight ends. If you're looking for a deep tight end sleeper, I'm with you on Isaiah Likely. Yeah. I I don't even think he's that much of a sleeper because no, he's I, not. Believe, I believe when you look at the stats at the end of the year that – there will only be two wide receivers on this team that have who will have more targets than Isaiah Likely. Which, if I know that, or if I if 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 that's true, and the quarterback is Lamar Jackson, and the play caller is Greg Roman, uh, Isaiah Likely is going to score some points for you, Matthew. Listen, I've kept you way way past what I said we would keep you. We could do it for six hours, but I really appreciate you taking the time educating people about their draft people if you listen to this and you do what matthew barry tells you you will win your league and i guarantee you win your league and if you don't win your league just be in touch with me i'll give you your money back there you go 100 and, <laughs> and by the way by the way if they need more if they're like well i enjoyed this but i want more 
The yes. Fantasy Football Happy Hour airs every day live at noon on Peacock, and then it's on demand, both clips and full episodes on demand, not only on Peacock, not only on the new NFL on NBC YouTube channel, but also wherever you get your podcast. So wherever you're listening to this, you can also listen to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry. We'd love for you to subscribe, rate us, give us a comment, like, subscribe. You don't actually have to listen to it. Just download it. We just want the clip. <laughs> hey, listen, Matthew, thanks a million. We'll talk to you during the year. Sounds great, Peter. Thanks so much. My thanks to Matthew Berry. There is no question in my mind that anyone who listens to this podcast is going to win his, her fantasy league. So thanks again to Matthew and great to have him on the team. That's it this week for the podcast. Uh, the Peter King podcast will be back next week when I'll give you my predictions for the year and you can throw tomatoes at whatever listening device you use for this, uh, whatever visual device, maybe you'll throw tomatoes at the NBC Sports YouTube channel. But whatever you do, I'm sure you're going to agree with absolutely everything that I say. So next week, the prediction podcast as we get ready for the 103rd season of the National Football League. Thanks a lot for listening to the Peter King Podcast. Pulse of the city. Feel the beat of the drum. Feel the bass blow your hair. In Las Vegas, live music delivers much more than sound. It's where music comes alive with artists like Megan Thee Stallion, Maroon 5, Carrie Underwood, Shania Twain, Babyface, Lionel Richie, and many more. Every show is a playground for your senses. See the full summer lineup at visitlasvegas.com. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.